Welcome to episode number 171 of the Lions Podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Stephen Andrews, Brett Colson. We run down all the big bets, all the big happenings, all the big news in this crazy gambling industry. And with that, we are coming to you with a very special podcast. It is going to be U.S. Open Golf and U.S. Open Golf only this week from us. This is a massive Massive field, an awesome field, an awesome tournament at an awesome course. And hopefully we've figured out some ways that we can go about making money on this. Of course, as always, head over to the lines, head over to play picks. We have all the written articles over there as well. More and more stuff coming out daily. Of course, we'll have videos over the YouTube page as well. So just head to the lines. On the homepage right there, there's a big red button that says YouTube. Click on it. It'll take you right to the YouTube page. And while you're there, subscribe. And everything that we do on that YouTube channel will just be delivered right to you. Uh, guys, listen, this is, um, you know, a pretty interesting way that we have to go about handicapping this. I'll talk about the tournament here first, and then I want to hear what you guys really valued as far as, you know, what stats matter to you. This is being played in San Diego at Torrey Pine South. 156 runners will start this thing. The cut is top 60 and ties par 71 7652 yards now of note if you are going back and you are doing some research on this course you'll find of course that the farmers open is played there every year that said that tournament plays as a par 72 uh poa greens narrow fairways deep roughs as you would imagine from typical u.s open type conditions it was played back here in uh 2008 tiger won that one there are only 14 golfers in the field from that 2008 tournament, if that lets you know anything here. Uh, also, the course should be much different. We know that some of the bunkers have been redesigned. We know some trees have been added. We know some holes have been lengthened. So it is not going to be an apples to apples comparison either from what went on there in 2008. Now, if we do want to look at course history type stuff, Patrick Reed did win the Farmers Open at this course earlier this year. Um you take a look at this course breakdown, fellas, holes 1, 4, 7, 11, 12, and 15, all force bogey or worse at least 25% of the time. So one in every four golfers is going to go bogey or worse at 1, 4, 7, 11, 12, and 15. So this thing is certainly going to be a beast. I want to welcome in. Brett Colson, Stephen Andrus. You want to follow them on Twitter at Brett Colson at Stephen Andrus. One, Brett. Let me start with you here. What stats did you use to start to kind of narrow down this field? What stats mattered to you when you started to look into this 156 player field? I like breaking these these majors down, uh, filtering down to stats that include courses that are extremely difficult relative to par. So I like looking at guys who play these really tough courses and tracks uh, well. Uh, that, and that's where I start. And then breaking it down mm -hmm. from there, uh, I like to look at bogey avoidance, especially because this is going to be extremely hard to make birdies and finish low. It's, it's just not going to happen. I mean, looking back at 2008 at Torrey Pines, when, when they played uh, this tournament there, Tiger won it minus one was the winning score. Yeah. And I think he was I think he was the only one who played under par and they're going to make it extremely challenging this week as well. So I want guys who can grind their way to pars and are OK with that. 
guys who have maybe played the South course before and have experience on which shots to hit and when. So uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm looking. Um, You know, I'm looking for uh, someone who can win, but I'm also looking for those grinders who can finish in the top 20, top 10, who are, like I said, fine making pars and staying on the leaderboard, um, collecting their paycheck. And that's, (laughs) they're perfectly fine with that. Um, I had a lot of success at the PGA championship because a lot of my exposure went to Lowry and Casey who just ho-hum their way to solid results at these majors. And, And that's where I'll be attacking again this week is the guys who can, make pars, just stay in contention through Sunday and finish in the top 20 and maybe a top 10. Steven, as you started to kind of whittle down the field here, what stats did you start to really dig into? And then what stats ended up being most important to you as you uh, not only were, were doing your research, but as you were kind of building your models and stuff as well? The first thing I, I definitely want to emphasize is driving distance. Uh, if you look at past U.S. Opens, the average ranking of U.S. Open winner over the past five years, ranked sixth in the field in driving distance, 133rd in driving accuracy. So the bombers have an advantage typically in these U.S. Opens with how long the course plays and how long the rough is. Um, In this particular event, I'm also looking at, uh, you know, putting is has high variance. We understand that. But I want to know who uh, can handle the POA pretty well here uh, in the past. And and with how long the course is, I'm also looking at proximity from 200 plus. Uh, and two reasons for that. Obviously, the par fives to begin. The bombers, who can also be pretty accurate on their second shots from 200 plus, have a better chance of, of reaching in two on those par fives. And three of the four par threes uh, are, you know, if we if we take the one that's listed at 195 yards, loop that in, it's close enough to 200. But three of the four par threes are playing at that long distance. Two of them are 220 plus. So uh, I want to know who is consistent from those long distances as well. So those were the two additions to the model that I would look at this week, in addition to the fundamental ones that we like to use with. Um, you know, off the tee and obviously strokes gained approaches is what I'm emphasizing heaviest as I do most weeks. So I'll go ahead and uh, my breakdown here, pretty simple. I am on driving distance as the most important factor for me this week. As Steven mentioned, uh, U.S. Opens, specifically U.S. Opens here of late, have been really favorable to guys who hit the ball a long way. The past five U.S. Opens, uh, the fast past five U.S. Open champions have all ranked inside the top 13 in driving distance for that season. So you can see inside the top 13 in driving distance for the season is just a, a stat that is imperative to have success here. Because, again, a lot of people think whenever they and this is something that I, I really want to emphasize here. We're going to see this, guys. We see it every single year, right? I'm surprised it hadn't hit Twitter already, and maybe by the time we get done recording this, it will. It's the golf ball drop in the rough at a U.S. Open. It's the let's stick a beer can in the rough in the U.S. Open and whatever, and it's like it's showing how deep the rough is. And so instantly people's minds, I think, go to, oh, well, wow, you better keep it in the fairway. Well, if you're a shorter hitter, then yes, you damn well, damn well better keep it in the fairway. But if you're a super long guy, it's it, the longer and further you are down, these guys have gotten so good and they're so strong and they've figured out how to do this now 
to where being in that deep rough isn't near as penal as it was in years past because they're so big and so strong and can hit the ball so far that even through that, they can still make it to these greens. They can still reach the greens in regulation as long as they're getting it way far down the fairway. So I think that's one of the things people need to, as they go to handicap this golf tournament, need to remember that, yes, the the, the rough is going to look brutal and you are going to see pictures and videos and they're, all they're going to talk about is that. And if you're a short guy, yes, you better be accurate. And that is certainly something that if, if you're looking more towards one of the guys, that's not one of the bombers. Yes, I would look at driving accuracy. Yes, I would look at, at fairways gain, things like that. Those are the things I would certainly be looking at. But if you're, but for me, uh, these guys that hit a long way, it's just not going to be that bad for them because they figured out how to play golf in these conditions. And so uh, something to look at. But again, the past five U.S. Open champions been ranked inside the top 13 in driving distance for that season. So driving distance, strokes gain approach uh, around the green for me, because kind of as Brett was talking about, like I want these dudes not making bogeys. I don't necessarily care so much about them making birdies as much as I do don't make bogeys. So I want guys that even if they miss the green, they're good around the green. They can kind of get up and down for par. Um, par fives, 450 to 500, because we're playing a ton of those. This week, I wanted to see which guys play those well, which guys um, maybe have chance of sneaking and stealing maybe a birdie here and there. Um, as far as the whole let's not have any bogeys, let's just play for pars. I put in three putt avoidance this week. I don't want guys getting on these tricky greens. And listen, by the time we get to Sunday afternoon and the wind is coming off the ocean. They played on this course for, for three days and for three rounds, and a, the morning round has already gone through. Like, these greens are not going to be great. You know, I mean, we've seen it with these Poa greens before. We've seen it at, at, at Torrey Pines. Like, there, there's going to be some stank to them for sure. And so uh, three-putt avoidance for me, don't go lose this thing on the greens. And so those were the things that I found most important um this week and brett you know i think that kind of just sticks to your kind of mantra that you were talking about with your stuff is i'm not necessarily going out looking for birdie makers as i am people who don't go out and basically give it away with either three putting or making a bunch of bogeys well especially if you're not if you're not looking for a winner too i mean if you're just betting uh matchups and you know top 20s top 30s yeah go go find the guys who are going to play smart and not go after birdies on every hole. If you're going to bet outrights, I'm with you guys. I mean, driving distance is going to matter. It's probably going to come mm -hmm. from that top tier. The guys who can just blast the ball beyond the hazards. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous what these guys can do now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, you know, if you're betting this, the same markets I am, yeah, I'm looking for guys who are just going to make pars and stay in contention. So um, just to give everybody before we kind of move into this top tier here to give everybody an idea of driving distance leaders over the last 36 rounds in this field. No surprise. Bryson DeChambeau, number one, Cameron Champ, number two, Rory, number three, Wyndham Clark, number four, Dustin Johnson, five, Gary Woodland, six, Jonathan Vegas, seven. Joaquin Neiman, eight, Matthew Wolf, nine, and Dylan Fratelli, 10. This is a you know, driving distance gained here uh, stat that we get from our friends over at Fantasy National, which all three of us on this podcast use to build models. Um, 
So those are your top 10 over the last 36 rounds anyway. Uh, Of course, some very familiar names in there over the last um, over the last 24 rounds. Doesn't change all that much. DeShambo, Champ, Vegas, McElroy, Woodland, Neiman, uh, DJ, Wyndham Clark, Xander Shoffley actually comes in at number nine in there. Then Matthew Wolf at number 10. So uh, another thing that you can do over there is run it for a certain amount of, of rounds as well. And so uh, I typically run a 50, 36, a 24, and then I'll even run a 12 just to see who's in super recent good form and see if there's anybody in, in that tier that I kind of want to play as well. Um, all right, guys. So let's talk about guys in the top 10 here and let's do this more roundtable style is, is getting I want to get your thoughts on kind of all these guys, because these are obviously going to be the guys that are most popular for everybody that they're betting this week. When we say top 10, we're doing kind of a cutoff here of our friends over at BetMGM of 25 to one. In that 25 to one, you're going to find John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Roy McElroy, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau and Victor Hovland. Uh, Steven, let's move over to you here. The short shot, John Rahm, uh, a guy that is probably coming in here as talked about as anyone. And it's not even necessarily for the right reasons. It's because he had to pull out of a tournament after 54 holes because of the whole COVID thing, uh, testing positive for COVID, a tournament that he easily would have, you know, easily would have won. He was up six strokes. The nobody played well on Sunday as it was anyway. So he would have really only had to play bogey golf, really, uh, you know, one over two over something like that. He still would have won that tournament nine to one at bet MGM. Um, one, do you feel like John Rom is the, is the true favorite in this tournament? And two, can you find yourself having exposure to him? Uh, to answer your second question, no, mm-hmm. I will not have any exposure to John Rom. Um, I mean, we are looking at nine to one when at Ben MGM, there are guys like Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau at 18 to one. Uh, so for me, when I'm looking at these things and, and everything you just said, absolutely, he, he should have won that tournament uh, if he didn't have to withdraw. Um, I do think he's the rightful favorite, but I think nine to one uh, is a little short for mm-hmm. me. And and just looking at the statistics that we are emphasizing this week, uh, there are a few guys that are on his level uh, that could, um, you know, contend with him in this U.S. Open. He certainly is in that category of top tier guys and deservedly so. And, and absolutely, you can make the argument that he should be the favorite, but um, you know, a single digit price and the only one in the field is not how I like to attack outright markets, um, even in a major right. when it's going to likely come from this top tier. So we're looking for value elsewhere. Uh, and and I want to talk about Bryson DeChambeau here at 18 to one, uh, because when I've first started running some numbers. Um, he was promising, as you would expect, you know, in his, in his last 24 rounds, he came out to fifth in this field for me. Uh, if you want to go really recent form the last 12 rounds, he was sixth in this field. Uh, but my concern was that he was ranking outside the top 40 in strokes gained on approach and also outside the top 40 around the green. Um, but those were with numbers I was running mostly from approach distances that applied to the rest of this field. I decided to kind of rerun it again 
with the approach numbers that apply to Bryson DeChambeau, considering that he's going to be hitting these bombs off the tee and coming in from much shorter distances than the rest of the field. So basically ran a totally different model just for Bryson using these approach numbers at shorter distances to the green. And it was much, much more promising and and more forgivable from what we saw at those other overall approach numbers. So from proximity from 125 to 150. He ranks top 20 in his last 36 rounds and fifth in his last 24. And then from what we talked about at at the top of the pod here, proximity from 200 plus out. So for these second shots on the par fives and the par threes, first in this field in his last 36 holes or 36 rounds from 200 plus, second in this field in his last 24 rounds from 200 plus. So The one chink in his armor that I was concerned about in the overall stat model with the approach numbers, at least of recent, was forgivable considering he's going to be coming in from very different distances than everybody else. So um, he is an extremely strong contender in my mind. Obviously, that goes up for any given week. But given the factors that we talked about before with how much of an added advantage there is with driving distance in these U.S. Opens uh, and and what... his actual approach shots will mean for him. Uh, I think that 18 to one is a hell of a lot more attractive than a nine to one for John Rom. So Brett, I know you typically don't play, um, don't typically play short shots, uh, especially a guy as short as, as Rom at nine to one. I think just for the listeners though, um, do we feel that it's fair though, for him to be the, for him to be the, you know, the short shot for the whole tournament. Because if we look at this grouping of all the guys that we're talking about here, DJ, Kepka, Deshambo, Xander, Spieth, JT, Rory, Morikawa. I mean, like all these guys like have their reasons for us to say, yes, we like them. And then all of them have their warts as well, right? And so like really nobody in this top tier is playing lights out golf. It's not one of those things where we can look at this and say, oh, he is clearly the guy in this grouping that is the guy. I mean, I guess the closest to that would be Jordan Spieth. He's probably playing the best of all of these guys at 25 to one or or shorter. But even Spieth, right, like his last couple of times out is is. I mean, he's been he's he's been good, but he hasn't been just incredibly lights out or something. So um, it's a very interesting tier, to say the least. It is. And it's hard because, like you said, none of these guys at the top stand out for me over the others. But all of them are so good that they're at least a little enticing. And that's how good golf is right now. It's wide open at every major in this top tier. So for me, it just comes down to price. Who in this elite tier can I get the best price on? Uh, and what this price on Rom is telling me is that he's significantly better than anyone else in this field. And that's just not the case. Why, why, why is he being priced this way? I, I don't understand it. Um, so this week it might be Bryson or Thomas or Rory. I like to bake fragility into my capping. I don't know what's going to happen this week. Any one of these guys could go out and win. So I'm going to try and get the best number. And that's how I attack outrights when all the best players are in the field like this. And Bryson, Bryson's the litmus test for U.S. Opens. Like the, mm-hmm. these tournaments are built to test his skill set. Hit the ball far. If you get into trouble in the fairway, muscle your way out of it. Like Bryson won by six shots at Wingfoot last year while hitting fewer than half the fairways. It was, I mean, the, the guy is just incredible. So, I mean, I, I have a bet on Bryson at every major because 
all yeah. things equal, I think he's the most likely to win every tournament he shows up for. He has the highest ceiling of anyone in the tournament. Uh, am I going to bet him top 20 or head to head? No, because he's extremely volatile. Uh, he hasn't finished in the top 30 in any of his last three majors. But if I can get plus 1800 on an outright for Bryson, I'm going to take it every single time. So that's that's where my money is going to go in this top tier is Bryson DeChambeau. So if we look at some of these other guys, like I mentioned, so Spieth, probably, I guess, if you had to pick one guy that's playing the best golf in these guys, he's only missed one cut in 2021, but it was at the Farmers. So like there's the the one cut he missed was on this very course over the course of uh, over the course of the season. He's played at the Farmers um, six different times with his best finish being a 19th. So maybe this course isn't really a Justin Spieth course, even though he is playing maybe the best golf of this of this group. Then you have a guy like Xander, who is Xander Shoffley, who is a California kid. He grew up playing on this course like, you know, he played high school golf on this course and stuff like that. But he has struggled at the farmers throughout the course of his career as well to the tune of four missed cuts, a T25, but he also has a T2 and that T2 just happened to come in this year's version of the farmers. So Xander is an interesting kind of test here as well. A guy who we know knows the course very, very well has struggled here earlier on, but his most recent finish here was a T2. So he actually did have success whenever he played this course then you have justin thomas who has done if you look at the underlying stats here while the success has not shown up in the results he's actually got fairly decent advanced statistics but his putter has completely and totally left him and he has just left stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke on the green which we know can absolutely kill you especially at a U.S. Open, Colin Morikawa, probably the most consistent iron player there is on tour. But that, again, uh, at age 24, he's already won a major. He's already won a WGC as well. So uh, if we're talking about a guy that's actually gotten it done, unlike a guy like Victor Hovland, who I continue to bet every single week, it seems like that he plays and just doesn't get to the winner's circle for you. Um, You know, great guy for a top 10, for a top 20 type bet. Maybe not your average, maybe not your just outright bet, and especially at 25 to 1. And then, of course, there's always Tony Finau. If we talk about not getting to the winner's circle for you, Tony Finau sitting at 25 to 1. Uh, Brett, I want to circle back to you because you and I had a, a quick little back and forth just off, uh, you know, off air about Justin Thomas. Um, it's 20 to 1 at BetMGM. There's even longer odds if you search, uh, search in other places on Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, again, the the approach numbers are there. The off the tee is not as good as it's been in the past for him, but it's not terrible. A lot of the other stuff is, is really there outside of him just being literally, and this is not me saying this for hyperbole, literally one of the worst putters here of the last two months on the PGA tour. I mean, way down at like 140 something in as far as putting goes for him. We, you and I typically don't measure putting a ton in our handicapping because we know people get hot with the putter in any given week. And as long as you can run hot, you can win a tournament. But when you do have two month, a two month sample size, like we do with JT, I'll admit it gives me a little bit of pause. Yeah, that's fair. But this is, this is one of the situations I think where I'm just betting the number Mm -hmm. 
When 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 was the last time we got Justin Thomas at this price in a major? No, it's and probably it may never happen again if he finishes good in this one. And don't you want to be on it when you can get a price like this? Like the, the discrepancy between Rom at his price and, and Thomas this week is astounding to me. I don't understand it. So, yeah, my money will be on DeShambo at the top. I think I'll also have a bet on Thomas just because how do you not bet him at this price? The guy is so it's, streaky, too. He can he can he can find it. And mm-hmm. we even see see it like even like during during the process of a tournament, just day to day, he can have it one day and then not have it the next day, make the cut, and then on Saturday he shoots a sixty three. I mean, he just he can do that, and yeah, I mean, I, I just I think this is a guy you just have to have an outright on at this price. So, Stephen, uh, before we get out of this top tier, how are you treating these guys that? that haven't gotten it done. You know, a, a Victor Hovland, a Tony Finau, uh, 25 to one to win the whole thing. These guys, you know, if you do look at, at what Finau's done while he hadn't been able to get to the winner's circle, we know he's been top 10 machine in a lot of these big tournaments against these super strong, deep fields. And, and Victor Hovland, same deal. Like, you know, the, the field doesn't really affect either one of these guys as far as finishing well. It seems like, though, something just happens throughout the course of four rounds that prevents them from actually getting to the winner's circle. Let's look at Tony Finau as an example, right? Um, and to answer your question, guys like Finau and Hovland, um, I'm not betting in the outright markets mm-hmm. in the major. Um, you know, we've I've taken some shots on them earlier this year, and if they beat me in the U.S. Open, then I tip my hat and and, and give them credit. But um, you know, Tony Finau, to, like you said, has been incredibly consistent. You know, five top ten finishes in eleven stroke play events this year. Uh, he's also been great in the majors in the last four years. He has nine top 10 finishes in 13 majors. Mm -hmm. So he has been very consistent, but he has not won his only win on the PGA tour. As most golf fans jokingly mention, is the Puerto Rico open. So, um, with that being said, in the U S opens in particular, his last three U S opens T 14 eighth and fifth. So for me, I'm looking at derivatives. I'm looking at, at bet MGM. You can get plus 175 that he'll finish in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of how I'm attacking Tony Finau. And, uh, I, want to, I want to give a rebuttal to you guys mentioning, mentioning Justin Thomas and, and, and going for that price. Um, and just kind of giving a devil's advocate view on this. Um, if you like Justin Thomas this week, in my opinion, you should love Colin Morikawa. Um, this is a guy who, you know, is the only guy in this field I'm making an exception for outside of the big hitters. You know, he doesn't hit it far, but he is first on tour this year in strokes gained tee to green, first in strokes gained on approach, and again, 125th in driving distance. So that is potentially an Achilles heel in this tournament. But like you said, Matt, if you're not going to be far off the tee, you damn well better be accurate. And he's 12th in driving accuracy and 30th overall in strokes gained off the tee. And I just want to emphasize just how dominant he has been on approach this year. Justin Thomas is second in strokes gained on approach this year, 0.959. Morikawa is in first at 1.455, a huge gap between first and second there. 
And Morikawa's strokes gained on approach is at least double the number of all but 11 players on tour this year. It's not just that he's first in strokes gained on approach this year. He is so far and away the best on tour with his irons. It's great. And obviously the bugaboo with him is his putting. He has been abysmal in strokes gained putting this year. But on POA, he's actually gaining strokes putting on the field from 10 to 15 feet and 15 to 20 feet. So um, if he can find fairways and there have been some rumors from some of the people at the course this week that they are widening the fairways a little bit to go with that ultra long rough outside of the fairways. Uh, If you like Justin Thomas at 20 to one. Uh, then you could get Colin Morikawa at 22 to 1 at BetMGM. And I got him last week at 30 to 1. I think that number's mostly gone. But um, you can find a little better than 22 to 1 still out there on Morikawa. And we know that he has the ability to win a major. Still 30 to 1 at Caesars. That's the only place I'm seeing. But yeah, there, for the most part, he's 20, there, there 20 to 22. So good get on that 30. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so let's move on to this kind of mid-tier. And what we did with the mid-tiers, we basically took anything um, outside of 25 to 1 all the way up to 66 to 1. And that wasn't a number we just kind of uh, arbitrarily picked here. There's kind of a big wad actually at MGM of guys that are 66 to 1. So um, some big names in this group. Patrick, your Patrick Reeds, your Matsuyamas, Calvi, obviously major win for him already this year. Uh, you've got your your Webb Simpson, former winner. You've got your Justin Rose. We've got your, uh, you know, Daniel Berger, who earlier in the season was was as hot as anybody on tour. We have our Garrick Higo coming off a win last week in there as well. Neiman and a guy that is is certainly getting played a ton by a lot of people. So a lot of big names inside this little grouping here as well, including uh, Shane Lowry, a guy that uh, Brett said he plays a ton as well. So Brett, uh, starting with this kind of mid tier here again, Patrick Reed, 28 to one, a guy that seems to always show up in big uh, star studded fields, a guy that has won on this course already this year at the farmers Um and then we have uh, Matsuyama, a major winner so far this year as well. I mean, a lot of talented guys in this in this kind of what we have considered to be the mid-tier. Yeah, I want to start with Patrick Reed, uh, who, like you said, is the most recent winner at this course. Like Bryson, Reed always finds my outrights, uh, but that's because people don't like to bet Patrick Reed, mm-hmm. and thus you're probably getting a more fair price on Reed than anybody in these top two tiers uh, can it's totally fair considering his success in major tournaments. I mean, I just feel like you're always getting value on Patrick Reed to win a golf tournament. He's not going to overpower this course, but over his last 50 rounds at uh, those, the difficult scoring courses relative to par that I talked about earlier, he's ranked third in strokes gain total according mm-hmm. to fantasy national. So he's great golfer, excellent around the greens. And here's what I wanted to ask you guys about is, yes, he won here at the Farmers most recently. How how much are you weighing course history into this tournament? Because I'm I'm not really looking at it, especially at the top of the betting board. Um, I think it's beneficial to have knowledge of this course layout, but this is going to play so differently than the farmer's insurance, which was also split between the North and South courses, by the way. So, you know, it's going to play faster. It's going to play longer. 
However, I think if you are digging for value down the board, it's fair to look at guys who have played very well at Tory before, especially the South course and can navigate using their experience. Um, like I said before, like when to go for shots, when to play it safe, stay out of trouble. Um, so be there, there are some guys here in this tier that we're going to talk about here. Justin Rose, Mark Leishman, who I think I will be favoring just because of their success mm-hmm. on this course, as well as some of their other attributes, abilities to avoid, avoid bogeys. Um, so I'm not weighing course history a lot, but I wanted to get your take while we're staying on Reed, who won here just a few months ago, uh, what you're doing with the course history. Yeah, Steven, I'll kick things off here for me. I've, I've definitely been using it kind of as a tiebreaker for sure. Like if there's any, if there's a couple of guys that are in the same range for me. Um, if they, if one guy's played well here and one guy is not, it certainly has been something that I've used as a tiebreaker to kind of move a guy into a different tier for me, perhaps maybe a uh, trigger, either, either some sort of, some sort of alternate bet on him as well. Um, you know, and then I do believe though, yes, it's going to play differently. As we said, the farmers plays as a 72. This is, this is going to play as a 71. This is going to be much, much thicker rough than what they get at the farmers. That said, I mean, the course is the course, right? I mean, it still is the course and knowing, you know, what, what, what holes you're going to need to play a cut and which ones you're going to need to sit there and try to draw and where you need to like landing spots on certain holes to give you certain angles to certain things I do think is, is important, especially in a deep super star studded field. If you can have any sort of advantage whatsoever. And if if you feel like your advantage is that you've played here a ton and you've had success here a ton, then I, I think that there's there is some merit to that for sure so I don't dismiss it in the least bit despite the fact that it is going to play a little bit differently and the course isn't going to be exactly the same at the end of the day I mean several holes are still the same and it's still going to be it's still going to be you know the south course they only play the north course once it's so it's it's you know if you make it to the weekend it's you're getting three rounds on the on the south course you know at the farmers over the course of the years here we've got we've had guys that have played that tournament six seven eight times you know, and so um, I'm I'm not dismissing it in the least bit, Stephen. What about you? I mean, Patrick Reed is the horse for the course guy this week in this U.S. Open, right? I mean, not just because of winning the Farmers Insurance Open, but he won it by five. He won it by a ton. And his previous Farmers Insurance Open finishes before that were sixth and 13th. And then on top of that, his recent majors, 17th, 8th, 10th. 13th, 13th, 10th. So he's finding himself on the leaderboard, uh, whether that's just with a, a great final round to move up from out of contention or he was in contention and fell off. He's he's being consistent. Um, my concern with Patrick Reed this week is the driving distance. I mean, we talked about that. He is 148th in driving distance over his last 36 rounds. Uh, but I will also, you know, mention this in a hat tip to John Hasselbauer, Syracuse connection of mine that 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 showed me this. Um, among golfers, with, in terms of strokes gained total in their last 36 rounds, strokes gained total at Torrey Pines South in their last 24 rounds, and strokes gained total in the last 24 rounds of U.S. Opens, Patrick Reed rates number one if you give equal weight to those three things. So um, it is absolutely a course fit. Uh, to me, it just it comes to value. And and I know Brett is happy with the numbers he found on him at, at BetMGM. I believe Patrick Reed is 28 to 1 as we, we record this right now. Uh, that is shorter than the number I have played him on in previous majors this year. I was finding 40 to 1 on him. 
so for me, I'm I'm not interested personally in a 28 to one, but I can certainly understand the arguments to to bet him at that number. Uh, the way I'm going to attack Patrick Reed this week, given what we know about his course history and also how consistent he has been in major finishes, uh, I like just an even money bet at BetMGM for him to finish top 20. I think that's fair value. Uh, if you want a little bit more, uh, you can get plus 225 at BetMGM for him to finish top 10. Um, and that's kind of similar to what I'm doing with Tony Finau. He finished second at the Farmers Insurance Open. He's a good fit here with his, his driving mm-hmm. distances. Um, so, like I said, I mentioned a, a plus 175 to top 10 for him, uh, I think, is, is a fair number there. So um, that's kind of how I'm attacking it. Uh, like you said, Matt, I, I'm, I'm more biased towards the driving distance in this U.S. Open. So that eliminates Patrick Reed for me. But I certainly think we're going to see him on the leaderboard somewhere. So, Brett, a guy that you played a ton of and you actually mentioned even earlier in the pod, um, a guy that actually is is showing fairly well for me in the models that I that I kind of drew up here is Shane Lowry, uh, 50 to one over at BetMGM. And if you kind of take a look at Lowry, I mean, it's not one of those things where it's not one of those deals where he is absolutely lighting up all of the any of the specific categories but he's just really good in all the things i'm looking for so when you take a look over the last 50 rounds for him you know driving distance 44th in the field approach 33rd in the field around the green 12th in the field good drives 19th in the field uh great uh greens and regulations gain 13th in the field so it's like he's not in the top 10 but he's kind of right there for a lot of the stuff and he's never too far down on any of the stuff that i'm looking at either here and so you know uh, are you looking at lowry again this week my worry with Shane is that the value has been sucked out of his price because of his recent success in majors. I, I already got my big win out of Lowry at the BJ <laughs> championship. He won me a lot of money there. So I, at this price, I'm, look, I'm never going to bet him to win at this price, but mm-hmm. I do think he will, he will be there because of his playing style at these majors. Like I said, he's just one of those guys who just kind of grinds his way to a top 20 finish at these things. And if that's where you want to put your money, I'm certainly fine with that because you can still get a, a decent price there. But I just, it what is it? 50 to one is where he's at. Was that yeah. where he was? Yeah. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. I, I can't, I can't get behind that when you can get a Daniel, Ber- a Daniel Berger or, I guess uh, don't say, I don't say Phil Mickelson. wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna say Mickelson. You know, you have to course history. Mickelson's also been very good at the South course, yes, by the way. Yes, but yeah, yes. yeah, I, I can't get behind Mickelson or Lowry at this price to win. No, no chance. So um, I do want to bring up two other players here. One of which I already have a bet on. Um, fortunately, a little bit better price than the sixty six that he's sitting at right now. I'll talk about him in just a second. But I think a guy that a lot of people are gonna have are gonna be scratching their head about this week is 66 to one at BetMGM is Abraham answer. And if you look at Abraham answer, all he's done is over the last 36 rounds in this field, he is 14th in strokes gained approach. He is third in good drives. He is sixth in par four scoring 450 to 500 yards. He is 17th in three putt avoidance. He is eighth in greens and regulation gained, but guys 117 in driving distance. And this is going to make a lot of people really, really nervous if they want to bet Abraham answer. This is a guy, though, as we mentioned, if you if you want to look at consistency and being 
up there in just about every category that we have talked about that we find important this week. He checks every single one of those boxes outside of driving distance, but he finds a lot of fairways. And so it's even though he's not one of the longer guys, he's going to be in the fairway a ton. So it's not like he's going to be hitting from this super penal rough that we're talking about here. Uh, Steven, what do you think about a guy like like Abraham Answer, who, again, checks a ton of the boxes just outside of the driving distance box? It sounds like a very similar case to the one I made for Colin Morikawa, except your guy's getting 66 to 1. So uh, I can certainly understand the arguments there. Answer is a guy that uh, we have certainly backed in in previous tournaments and previous majors this year um, we're still waiting for that win uh, but I, I think that you're going to see him in the top 20 potentially here so I'd be curious what his numbers are in the derivatives um, to see if we can uh, get a little bit of value there uh, I don't see him winning this tournament but um, you know it's, it's just hard for me Matt to ignore the driving distance right I mean it is I've seen the videos on Twitter too. Xander Shoffley dropped the ball under the rough and it disappeared. You could not see it. So, um, and I think it's even longer around the greens potentially here this week. So, you know, that's going to make uh, hitting greens that much more of a premium as well. So, um, you know, I, I certainly understand it for sure, but he better hit the fairways. That's, that's all I want to say. He better hit the fairways. Brett, a guy like answer, um, you know, kind of fits this mold of the, the guy that does it all outside of hitting it outside of hitting it super long. I, I mean, I'm not completely dismissing people this week, uh, who aren't super long, especially when they tick as many boxes as a guy like, uh, Abraham answer does. Do you think though that it's going to be such a disadvantage for him against these other guys that it would be, it'd be hard to pull the trigger. I mean, 66 to one, I think you can find even some longer numbers out there as well. I mean, it's a, it's a guy that seems to at least be a top 20 machine at the very least. Yeah, I'm not ruling him out. Uh, I liked him at the PGA where they were also facing a, a an extremely long course, but distance is going to matter more here. So I'm hesitant, mm-hmm. like Steven, to back an answer at this course. That said, I'm also backing Reed, and, and Steven mentioned uh, Reed's length. So I, I do mm-hmm. think there are guys who are going to be in contention who are who aren't out there bombing and answer with his iron play could certainly be one of those guys and, and like we said uh, on our last our, our last pod together answer is going to win eventually and I, I can see him winning a major here over the next three to five years so why not try to grab him at this price before it, it starts to to dip can i give you a long shot that is out here bombing how about gary woodland at 80 to one at bed. Well, hold on. Let me, um, before we move out of this mid tier, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, we'll get to the long shots here in just a second, but I'm going to talk about a guy that I already have a ticket on that is right here in this mid tier. And uh, it's a guy that I've won twice with, and I'm going to go back to the well here. And it's Jason Kokrak. He is sitting 66 to one ninth in my model over the last 36 rounds, uh, driving distance 13th in the field. So the guy can get it out there. He can poke it. 26th in the field in strokes gained approach. Again, this is over the last 36 rounds, so a nice sample size here. He is 29th in good drives. He is 19th in par 4 scoring 450 to 500. 22nd in three-putt avoidance. 9th in greens and regulation gained. Jason Kokrak is 
yes, advanced in age compared to what we talk about with a lot of these guys. I mean, we we marvel at what these young guys are doing on tour right now. Um, but he's playing the best golf of his career at an advanced age here and is getting better. I mean, if you look over the, the if you look at the 50 round stats, even compared to the 36 round and then you compare the 36 round to the 24 round, like the guy is just getting better with age right now and um, checking all the boxes. He's got the length to compete with these guys that are long and he's shown that he can play with the best of them as well with his two wins in fields that had a lot of really, really good golfers in those fields too. And I just don't think you get a guy with as, as good a form as he's got checking as many boxes as he checks at this type of price. And so Brett, I mean, tell me, am I just, am I just recency bias here? Am I just in love with Jason Kokrak because he's cashed me two outright I, tickets already I this year? I think that, yes, I think that's part of it. You just, you can't just take your money and run with this guy. You've got to keep backing him. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that what's going on here? I don't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, though, he, he, he's, he's in the top 10 in my model in, in, in 36 rounds, 24 rounds. And then even in 12 rounds, if we're looking at like super, 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 um, you know, super recent form, he's 16th in my model in that one as well. So it's just like, I don't know. I mean, uh, yes, I, I love a guy that has won me that I've hit <laughs> on an 86 to, you know, an 80 to one already earlier this year. And I hit another, you know, long price again, and I've, I've cashed a, a couple of outrights on him, but at the same time, my numbers are backing up that he, as far as what I like out of a golfer in this tournament, he's, he's showing up. My, my concern with Kokrak is his, play around the greens which is going to be important this week so i think at this price it'd be a fade for me but man if he's if he's driving the ball well he could be there absolutely he's so good off the tee so i i don't know i I can't get behind him at this price i feel like you know his recent recent success is definitely baked into this number and i i would fade him at this price but Go do your thing, man. He's your guy. <laughs> what What do you think, Stephen? Am I just Am I just blinded by the uh, by the cash that this guy's put into my bankroll this year? I mean, full disclosure, he flew under my radar until you mentioned him. And as you guys have been talking about him, I went back and checked to see, you know, did I just miss this? And he is fourth in the model I'm using over his last 24 rounds. And of the eight statistics that I'm using in this weighted model, he's top 25 in seven of them. Um, What Brett just said, though, that's the chink in the armor. He is 139th in strokes gained Mm -hmm. around the green over his last 24 rounds. So, um, hey, if he's if he's hitting fairways and he's hitting greens, he's not going to have to worry about chipping around the green. Right. But um, he and he to me. 18th in driving distance over that span is adequate enough to me in this U.S. Open. So um, I certainly understand we were getting better prices earlier in the year, but considering all the boxes he checks, he you just made him very interesting to me, Matt. I won't 13 lie. straight made cuts for him. Five top 15s in the last eight tournaments that he has played. So if you want to talk about a guy who not only ticks in boxes, but also from a recent form standpoint, Uh, looking pretty, pretty damn good. 
Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. All right, guys. So let's get into this long shot, and that what we're what we're talking long shots here for our purposes are, you know, uh, longer than sixty six to one, basically. And there's still some guys that have had a ton of success. Uh, Charlie Hoffman has been playing some of the best golf of his career. Sam Burns, even though not necessarily recently, but Sam Burns is in this category, a guy that has has won already this year, has been in the mix. Of course, Lee Westwood was playing much, much better at the beginning of the season than he was here of late, but uh, he's in this tier, so a lot of different guys that you can pull from here. Brett, I know this is kind of your sweet spot. I know this is where you like to, to get a lot of tickets in the account from some of these longer guys. Uh, Max Homa also finds himself in this tier as well. California guy played this course a ton and maybe, maybe, maybe uh, over the last few weeks has started to find a little bit of his stroke again. Yeah, I could. I, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I, I, I talked earlier about using course history to find some value down this board. Mm-hmm. Bubba Watson actually ranks first in my course history stat model at the mm-hmm. South course. I found that pretty interesting because Bubba has the length to, to compete here. Am I wrong? I kind of love Bubba Watson this week. I don't think it's the craziest thing. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, over the last 50 rounds played at Torrey Pines South, Bubba Watson is number one in strokes gain total. He is number one in strokes gain tee to green. He is number one in strokes gained ball striking. He is number one in strokes gained off the tee, and he is number two in strokes gained approach. And that is not me joking. That is all the statistics for Bubba Watson over the last 50 rounds uh, played at Torrey Pines South course. Um, I know a couple of other guys that we've talked about, you know, are right below him. Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, guys that have had tons of course success here, uh, course history success. But yes, Bubba Watson right up there at the top. So what are we doing here with this price? I feel like this is, I feel like this is wrong. Cause I mean, you look at his, his recent form actually isn't that bad. 18th at the Wells Fargo, 13th at the Valspar, 26th at the masters. I, I feel like this is a really, really good price for Bubba for it outright. A guy I, who's had a lot of su- success in majors in his career. Yeah. 125 to one at bed MGM. Um, listen, I'm probably going to have, you know, three or four of these kind of bomb plays just to have in the account. And, you know, now that we kind of talk this through and we look at the success and the history here and, and honestly, even the metrics just uh, don't really make it seem like Bubba Watson is, is completely out of play here. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's not the, uh, the craziest thing in the whole world. Maybe I'll have me a little, 
a little splash on on the old Bubba Watson. Uh, Steven, quick thoughts on Bubba. And then you said you had a, an 80 to one guy that you were looking at. Yeah, for Bubba, um, you know, over his last 36 rounds, he does crack the top 50 in, in the stat model that I'm using. Um, so, you know, not totally out of the question and, you know, top 10 in strokes gained off the tee over that span. So uh, you, there's an argument to be made there and considering the course history for sure. Um, maybe that's a guy that that I'm looking to play in matchups uh, potentially if I'm getting – you know, minus 110 or maybe some plus money against some bigger names. Um, the Just perusing here, BetMGM looks like plus 850 for a top 10 finish for Bubba Watson. Um, you know, pretty pretty saucy number there. But uh, yeah, the aforementioned Gary Woodland is, is the long shot that I kind of landed on. Um, over his last 36 holes and over his last 20, I keep saying holes, my apologies, last 36 rounds and his last 24 rounds, uh, top 10 over both of those spans for me overall. Uh, he ticks that driving distance prerequisite that we've been talking a lot about. 11th in driving distance over his last 24 rounds and second in approach over that span. Uh, the Achilles heel is is a short game. He's outside the top 100 over that span for around the green and putting. Uh, so hopefully he can hit some greens here. Uh, you know, we're, we are talking about the 2019 U.S. Open champion, a guy that we know has done it. Um, so maybe you want to take a flyer on that 80 to one at BetMGM. But I also like uh, his top 20 at three to one. And you can get close to even money for a top 40 finish as well for Gary Woodland. So uh, that's the only long shot that I'll have in the account this week. Um, he, he kind of ticked a lot of the boxes for me this week yeah i um i'll admit i you know a little bit further down here this will be the first tournament guys it i'll admit i'm not going to be on sam burns this week uh, i don't think that this was breaking really news I know. breaking news what i know i know trust me though if he's in the top 20 if he's in the top 20 after the first round i'll get in on him live though because i'm not going to miss another uh i'm not going to miss another sam burns win there's there's no doubt about that that's not anything that's going to happen here so if we talk about um listen i just don't know if there's going to be enough uh in some of these guys games to get it done there are a couple of bombers right in in this like super long range here of course uh, Matthew Wolf is found in this, but he has just been his game has just completely fallen apart. He can't do anything right outside of uh, of hitting the ball a long way. Uh, that said, that ball doesn't necessarily go where he wants it to whenever he does that. Um, we do have another, you know, we have Cameron Champ in this uh, in this little pod as well of the long shots. He's actually 250 to one. He is second to Bryson as far as driving distance in this field. A guy that can really poke it out there a long way. We just talked to Brad Allen, who joins us a lot of times on these uh, major pods. He is on Patrick Rogers at 350 to one. Um, again, another guy that, that, that pokes it a long way uh, out there. Brett, is there anybody else in the long shot tier that you're considering even at all? Maybe they haven't made your account quite yet, but you've, you might could see yourself talking, talking yourself into putting a, a ticket up. Eric Van Royen is a guy I've bet many times at majors. I will be doing it again here at Torrey. I liked him a lot last week in South Carolina, and he was great. Top 10 there. He's made the cut in both of his U.S. Open appearances uh, 23rd last year. He's played extremely well. 
at these mm-hmm. challenging courses. Uh, he ranks 24th in my stat model when you filter down to the tougher scoring courses relative to par. Uh, I like his ball striking, uh, especially his long iron play. So I'm going to have some EVR top 20 at plus 500, top 10 at plus 1200. Um, probably not going to bet him to win, but I, I do like some of his derivatives. Have you guys heard about this guy, Chan Kim? Anybody? Anybody? Never Chan heard of him. Kim? So he's, he went to Arizona state. Um, and so he's familiar with kind of like, you know, the West coast type golf setup and all of that. But he is, um, he's a, like a, a pretty long hitter, like in, in Japan <laughs> and like he qualified here to get in through, through this, like, he his stats just in the qualifying were absolutely phenomenal. Like he was just uh, a dude that just just blew away the the qualifier that he played over in California to get into this thing. And so I just kind of got to looking into you know where where this guy kind of sets up, and he's he's actually fairly long. Again, he played. At, at Arizona State, so it's not like he's a, a you know a Japanese golfer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't know. Just uh, let me throw the name out there so that if he happens to do anything <laughs> this week, I'll sound like a uh, I'll sound like a genius. Like good it, job. It, but, you're, yeah. you're so good at this. Yeah, let me just throw the name out there so that people will be like, oh wow, let's look at that. This guy knows you know knows what he's talking about. Uh, Brett, before we get out of here though, uh, out of this tier, one guy you did mention, uh, Mark Leishman. Success here, um, a, a guy that is is you know uh, I falls in this long shot category here. Is have you seen anything? I guess you would say, have you seen anything from his game lately that would want to make you play him? Good question. Uh, I actually haven't looked at his recent form. I was mostly yeah. looking at his success at Tory. He's a guy I always look at in majors, though, especially. Uh, at a course like this, because he will uh, play for pars. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to have I'm going to have to look more at Leishman. I haven't gotten into that tier of guys yet, but I, I imagine he like, like Justin Rose and Louie. I think those are guys who will end up in my card somewhere. Yeah, just uh, just just curious, because it's one of those things where you just like you look and you say, like, man, is this one of those? Is this one of those times where, you know, is there actually going to be a bomb win here? That's one of the things that we don't see very often either, right? It's just like it tends to be the cream kind of rises to the to the top here. So uh, we'll see. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's move on as we uh, as we continue talking here. Um, who are some dudes? Let's not talk about outright plays. We'll end the pod with those. But Brett, who's going to be in your player pool of let's call it the you know, the top, because, you, know, you know, you can bet top 40s now. And so, you mean, like the top 40s, top 30s, top 20s, something like that, like guys that you feel like are are, are set up fairly well for a, a solid performance, but not necessarily guys that you think are going to go out and win the damn thing. I mentioned Justin Rose, mm-hmm. uh, excellent form, seems to have figured out the equipment issues or whatever was going on with him last year. Um Plus 400 top 10, plus 200 top 20. I, I think he's in for for another good finish here. Uh, Louie, I just mentioned, I'm done sleeping on Louie at mm-hmm. majors. He, he's 
he's Brooks without the superiority complex. He just shows up for events that he cares about and he grinds his way into contention with steady play off the tee. So he does not have the distance, but Louis Oosthuizen, I think, is 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 in for uh, a top 20 here as well. I mentioned Shane Lowry. I need to look at that one a little more. Like I said, I just worry that... I have him. I'll, 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 I, can, I can go ahead and add him to the bucket. I have a, I have a, I have a top 30 and a top 20 on him for this it's week safe. and yeah i mean look three top 10 finishes in, in in three of his last four starts including that that t4 at the pga championship and we keep talking about these guys that are just steady eddie and like i said i read off his stats and none of them jump off the page but when you compare him to the rest of the field he's better than the majority of the rest of the field in most of the categories that we're talking about that we like this week. And yeah, he's not fifth in any of those, but he might be 19th. He might be 22nd. He might. So if you string all of those things together, you've just got a pretty solid friggin' player top to bottom. So yeah, I don't necessarily think he wins this thing, but, but you know, give me a top 30, give me a top 20 on him. Yeah, I can get behind that. I just worry about the price. Is the, are we getting a good price on it? Is is the only thing. He's he's certainly safe to finish to make the cut and finish top thirty. But are we getting a good price on it? I'm I'm not sure. So that's one I'm going to have to like take a look at. Um, other than that, I think I, I've mentioned the guys I like. EVR, I'll, I'll have some top twenties on, mm-hmm. and um, Bubba. <laughs> I think Bubba. I just might bet to win, and I'm probably going to bet way too much on him to win. <laughs> I'm going to bet the max on whatever they give me for Bubba to win. I like it. I like it. Uh, Steven, what are some of these, you know, top 40, top 30, top 20 bets? Uh, one thing we should mention, our friends over at BetMGM, uh, all ties are paid out in full over there at BetMGM. There are different rules for different books. And so uh, be sure and take a look at what the rule is wherever you play. But if you're, you know, if you're betting these top 20 markets or top 40 markets, Getting paid out in full is certainly uh, certainly a bonus. No, glad you mentioned that. These BetMGM by far the best place to to bet these top tens, top twenties for that exact reason. Um, you know, <laughs> Matt, we weren't getting through this podcast without at least mentioning Garrett Higo here, who after cashing a fifty right. to one ticket for us last week has been renicknamed He Goats. All right. The guy has won three of his last five worldwide events, including the Palmetto last week. Um, Since April, he has played in six events between the European Tour and the PGA Tour with five top tens. Now, the only one that wasn't the case was the T64 at the PGA Championship. Uh, So we kind of got to go outside the model here because he just doesn't have enough stats on the PGA Tour. We're looking at some European Tour events with weaker fields. Uh, But if you look at his driving distance, it would equate to top 10 on the PGA Mm -hmm. Tour. So he's got the length for this week at the U.S. Open. Um, I'm not really interested in a 66 to 1 outright on him. But with these derivatives markets, he's still being priced as a guy with the talent around these similar outright numbers, but has shown far better results and far better talent than the rest of the guys in his tier. So at Mm -hmm. BetMGM, we're looking at, you know, a minus 110 on a top 40 finish in this U.S. Open where we know length off off the tee should give these players a good advantage. And we really are kind of flying blind here with his other statistics in terms of approach and around the green and putting. 
but we know he's won three of his last five worldwide events. So they got to be at yeah. least decent. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's hard to win a golf tournament no matter what. Like it, like, yeah. like, it doesn't matter. I mean, like I understand a lot of people look and it's, it's not a PGA tour event or it's not whatever, but like you're one guy wins a tournament. So like whenever <laughs> you go and you're beating all these other people, like one guy wins. And so it's an impressive, it's an impressive stat regardless. He is the first player since the eighties to win in his second PGA tour start. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story for the South Africans. So, so yes, I will be following up our 50 to one outright Palmetto ticket with a top 40 finish here in the U S open for Garrick Higo. If we go over to data golf guys, and we look at their prediction model that they have going on, just to give you an idea, um, just, uh, they do have John Rahm as the favorite, as you would imagine, he wins 7.6% of the time. Xander second in their model at 5.4, Dustin Johnson, 4.3 Bryson at 4% fee now at 4%, the same win percent as Bryson DeChambeau, shockingly enough. Patrick Cantlay at 3.8%, Rory at 3.4%, Justin Thomas comes in at 3.3%, Victor Hovland 3.2%, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed and Scotty Scheffler actually round out uh that top tier for them over there at Data Golf. So again, just uh guys with their their modeling and their different numbers and how they simulate things and and things like that. So um, that's how they are looking at how this is going to go down. Uh, Brett, any of the other, any of the other markets you're looking at, do you ever play these, you know, top English player, top American player, top Euro, whatever top rest of the world, yada, yada, yada. Do you ever, do you ever play any of those? I I do like those. I bet, Mm -hmm. I bet uh, top English player at the PGA. I, if I see something I like, I will bet it. I have not looked at those markets yet, though. That might I might dig into those today and tomorrow and, and get something down. But um, yeah, I have not I, looked I, yet. I have, um, you know, they do have a top, uh, top Great Britain and Ireland um, category at BetMGM, and if I like Shane Lowry to you know, place well in this tournament. And I'm not necessarily all that high on Casey or Hatton or McElroy or Fleetwood, which I'm not high on any of those guys. Uh, Seven to one for Lowry to be the top great British or Irish player um, is something I think is fairly interesting to me. Again, if I like him and I'm not high on those other guys, then, you know, again, he doesn't have to finish. He didn't have to finish in the top 10 of the tournament. He just got to beat all those other guys. And so, again, uh, seven to one on him there. Steven, any of these other kind of funky markets have made your uh, have made your account yet? Typically in these majors, I have been betting Corey Connors um, to be the top Canadian. But there's a monkey mm-hmm. wrench thrown in here for the U.S. Open um, in in past majors. And this one included he is so far ahead of Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes in the models mm-hmm. that it makes it uh, worthwhile to even get you know less than even money on him right now he's minus one thirty five but the the curveball is that there's a Corn Ferry Canadian player in this Open uh, the his name is Pendrith and he's extremely long off the tee and has a handful of top five finishes on that tour this year so with that distance off the tee it kind of um, 
gives gives me some hesitation because we don't know exactly you know where he would stat in here with this field um but and and that distance off the tee is a weapon as we've talked about at length in this podcast so i'm going to shy away from connor's at minus 135 as top canadian um some of these other fun markets i do like to dabble here and there so um anything i play i'll, I'll certainly tweet out before the tournament starts the only other one that I did see, guys, top Mexican player over at uh, over at BetMGM. We talked about Abraham Answer. It's he's minus one thirty five. It's basically him versus Carlos Ortiz for the whole tournament because there's only other two. There's only two uh, two other guys listed, both of which uh, their their outrights are literally you know three hundred, four hundred, five hundred to one to win the tournament. So uh, you know you're basically getting a head to head on Abraham Answer at minus one thirty five over Carlos Ortiz. Uh, as top Mexican players. So I do like that one. And, you know, that's the only way you're going to get a head to head between answer and Carlos Ortiz, because they're not going to list a head to head between answer and Ortiz. And so basically minus 135 for for answer as the top Mexican player. I like that one a lot, actually. Um, I like that one a ton. Let me ask you guys just real quick. If there was a head to head mm-hmm. between Victor Hovland and Henrik Stenson for the tournament, what odds would you need on Henrik Stenson to play that head to head? Just off, just uh, off the top of your head. I don't know, I don't know what 30, 35 to one bet, <laughs> so, something like that. <laughs> I mean, wow. he's played so horribly. I mean, I don't know. I'd probably need plus, I don't know, plus nearly two to one. Yeah, I'd probably need plus one eighty five or something like that. He's plus four. I haven't even. Wow, plus four fifty at BetMGM in the top Scandinavian market. Hovland minus 700, Henrik Stenson plus 450. I just thought that was uh And it's just and it's just those two. It is just those two. I, How bad has Stenson been lately? <laughs> I mean, he's he's been bad, but it's like no golfer should be That's why I bring plus it up. 4 450 in a head to head. I couldn't believe like, it was plus 450 in a head to head. Oh, he's been bad. Yeah, he's been bad. There's no doubt about it. He's been bad. But, dude. I mean. Maybe a dabble on principle. But, yeah, he's been awful. I mean, Victor. And then you've got, like, Victor Perez. Man, so these top these top markets for these for the countries. Y'all need to look into these a little bit more uh, as you go. I mean, like, Victor Perez is only minus 200 against it's just a head-to-head against a guy i've never heard of like i mean uh, you know he is going to win that you know seven times out of ten eight times out of ten like i don't this is uh these are some interesting markets so be sure and dig into these uh country markets um top x player from whatever region or country or whatever it might be because i think there is some some pretty damn good value on some of those out there, no doubt about it. Steven, I'm um, I'm now intrigued. I'm super intrigued <laughs> with a lot of these. So I'm going to find myself like doing all kinds of uh, craziness, digging through some of these. We'll, uh, as Steven said, we'll put it either in the show notes or we'll tweet it out or we'll get something going, you know, on uh, on our show's social media channels and everything like that um, as we go. All right, guys. So we've gotten to that point here. Let's uh, let's talk about where are our outright bets for this tournament and who do we actually think 
wins this thing. And that night might not necessarily be in our bet in our, in our pool here, because again, I mean, we said we don't want to play John Rahm on principle because it's nine to one in a 156 golfer field made up of the very best guys in the entire world. But that doesn't mean we don't think John Rahm wins the tournament. So, so uh, Steven, I'll start with you. Where are your outright tickets and who do you actually think wins the damn thing? So the way I structured this is if you want to bet $100 on outrights for this U.S. Open, this is how I'm, I'm going to spread it out. I'm going to put $30 on Bryson DeChambeau at 18 to 1. I'm going to put $30 on Patrick Cantlay, who we have not mentioned, but he is at 25 to 1. And over 36 rounds, last 24 rounds, and last 12 rounds, he is literally first or second in the the model I'm using over those spans. So I like Patrick Cantlay, West Coast. He's played extremely well this year, uh, has multiple top three finishes. Uh, and, and he won, you know, obviously John Rahm left the tournament, but Patrick Cantlay won that tournament uh, and played well that week. I should note as well, uh, a note from from Brad Allen, who typically joins us on these podcasts, uh, Super Sharp golf better as well he is on Cantlay as well so he actually picked Cantlay to win the whole thing so there you have that yeah and and if you look at the overall stats for the year you'd be concerned that he's 55th in driving distance but over his last 24 rounds he's actually 14th in driving distance so that's good enough to me uh to to hit that prerequisite that I care about so much so uh, again 30 on DeChambeau at 18 to 1 30 on Patrick Cantlay at 25 to 1 and then, depending on your favorite cup of tea, $30 on either Colin Morikawa or Patrick Reed, whether you want to go for the shorter hitter who is just elite with his irons or the shorter hitter who is the horse for the course uh, at Torrey Pine South uh, at $30 for that. And then $10 finally to complete the $100 total on Gary Woodland at 80 to 1. If you hit one of those, you will get a payout somewhere between five hundred and seventy and nine hundred dollars. So that's how I'm I'm playing a hundred dollars in the outright market for the U.S. Open. Brett, what uh, what are the outrights that have uh, that have made your accounts or or that will be making your account most likely? All right, I'll copy Stephen and structure this as if I had a hundred dollars to bet on outrights. I would bet mm-hmm. all one hundred dollars on Bubba Watson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not really, but he's one hundred and fifty one, one hundred and fifty to one at Fanduel, mm-hmm. so I might actually have to cross a state border into Pennsylvania to get that bet down. I, I, <laughs> we I welcome everyone, I, Brett. Come on down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I seriously might be taking a trip uh, either today or tomorrow. My other outrights, uh, Bryson plus 1,800, Justin Thomas plus 2,300, and Patrick Reed at plus 2,800. Uh, all right. Well, I have, um, so full disclosure, I made some bets. I made, well, two bets way earlier in the year. So I had a Vic, I made a Victor Hovland U S open bet uh, a couple of months ago. So I have better than the 25 to one that's listed now, not that much better than the 25 to one that's listed now, but that ticket is in my account already. True serum. Don't know if I'd make the bet today if I was, uh, if I was making playing outrights right now, but again, just, I do have that one in there. And then, um, 
I also made a very early uh, because I was trying to catch it before the steam got hot. Uh, I do. I, I said I wasn't going to play, but I, I have a I have a lingering Sam Burns ticket that is uh, from a couple of months ago as well. So uh, it, it, a much, much higher number than 80 to one that's listed now. But his his current form is uh, nothing again that I would be looking to play. So again, I have two tickets on guys that I made a couple of months ago that I wouldn't necessarily make today. Guys, one of the guys that we did not talk much about here, um, but I, I'm going what I rarely do, but I'm, I'm going narrative route here and I'm playing Brooks Kepka this week. Um, this is a guy that if you look at the modeling stuff that I've got anyway, he's still pretty good and is still up there, you know, in a lot of the categories that I do like. And then I'm going completely off the reservation. I'm going completely off of my model. And I'm just going to say that this dude shows up at friggin' majors and it doesn't matter to me in the least bit that he missed the cut this past week. I expected him to miss the cut this past week because that's what Brooks Kepka does. He goes out there and he works on a few things that he's trying to kind of hone in as he's heading into a major. And then he just goes and destroys majors. He's eighth overall in my 24 round model. And I don't think people really realize like, you know, what Brooks has done when he has played and when he has been healthy, 17th in the field in driving distance, 14th in the field in strokes gained approach, 24th in the field in good drives, 36th in par four scoring 450 to 500, fifth in greens and regulation gained. Like he is up there in this in this field against these like really really good guys you know the 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 one thing the one thing that he's not necessarily he's his around the green game is a little spotty 49th in the field but again there's 156 guys going so he's still in the upper third in strokes gained around the green as well love me some Brooks Kepka going to have it and uh I'll hate my I'll hate I'll hate watch and hate root because I don't necessarily like the fella himself, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and have me a ticket on him. Uh, Principal bet. Again, we talked about earlier and Steven, I know that you're not a fan of this one and Brett, I don't know if you're actually going to get there or not, but I I do. I do. uh, I put in when we had that conversation earlier in the week, I put in a Justin Thomas ticket a little bit better at 20 to one than it is right now uh, at 20 to one. Maybe if you look around a little bit, you might find a number a little bit bigger on Justin Thomas at 20 to one. I like the underlying stats here for JT. I understand how bad he's been at putting and it's been atrocious, but you know, we've seen some of these guys just kind of find things and we've seen some of these guys just put a couple of couple of things together. And then the next thing, you know, the flat stick starts working. And with the what with what Justin Thomas does well, uh, if his putter gets going, I think he can make some real noise this week. So uh, Justin Thomas in the account already as well. Jason Kokrak in the account for me as well. And I made the case a little bit earlier. I'm going to make the case again. Long off the tee, 13 straight made cuts. So the guy is going to give you a chance to be there as it is anyway. And shockingly enough, in the field, if you look at the stats that I am most concerned with, that I like a lot, he is there. I mean, this is a guy that continues to just pound all of these statistics the driving distance approach, you know, good drives, three putt avoidance, greens and regulations. He is just there for every single one of those categories. And so for me, really, really, really like him 
a ton as well. And I think I am, despite the fact that it's not in the account quite yet. I have already played the top 20 market on him, but I think I'm going to have Lowry again, just uh, a lot of, I like the steady Eddie approach. He doesn't necessarily uh, do what a lot of these other guys that I'm betting outrights do. Cause he, you know, some somewhere along the way, each of these guys super stands out as far as the field goes. But, um, but Lowry is a guy that, you know, kind of the steady Eddie type guy that I want to have in my portfolio this week, a guy that I think can round out, you know, the, the approach that I'm going to be taking. So Steven, let's end this thing with your outright pick. And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be, doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you bet who wins the U S open whenever we're talking about this on Monday morning. And I, I think the big thing I just want to hit on before we mention my winner is that, you know, we've we've kind of parsed guys like Colin Morikawa versus Justin Thomas. I will admit that I was debating Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau this week. Mm-hmm. The difference between these guys is just so thin, right? I mean, we are just trying to find right. every little thing. And there is absolutely ways that Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka wins this week. And in fact, I considered them. So. All that being said, there's really a group of 10 guys that I think can win this tournament. And it wouldn't surprise me if if one of the guys you picked uh, wins and, and my guy doesn't because your guys check just as many boxes as my guys. So it's, it's just that's how a major is. Right. It's tight at the top. <laughs> so all of that being said, I'm going with Patrick Cantlay this week at 25 to one. Uh, like I said, he stats out this week, either first or second. Uh, over his his last 36, 24, and 12 rounds. Um, I like him, and I like the value as well. Patrick, that's two votes for Patrick Cantlay because, again, Brad Allen took Cantlay as well. Brett, when it's all said and done, again, doesn't necessarily have to be one of your bets. Who do you think wins this thing? Well, if Bubba doesn't get it done, I'm (laughs) going to go with Bryson. Uh, Just too long too strong i I think like i said i just think his ceiling is just pretty i mean it's just higher than everybody else's ceiling so uh, i'm just gonna it's boring because i feel like i take bryson every single time we do this but uh he's he's gonna be my play i i cannot blame you in the least bit um while i will be rooting very heavily for it to be jason kokrak um, I'm also going to have a ticket on the guy that I think wins. I, I, I'm going to take Brooks Kepka. Look, it's the, it, as long as he's healthy. And I think he showed that he was healthy over the last month or so of the season, uh, what he does in these type of tournaments, where his game is, he's an all around player. Nothing that he does is falls short from comparatively to any of these other guys in this field. And I think that he has what it takes to, uh, to get this done. Certainly we know how incredibly mentally tough this guy is as well. And, uh, you know, it could be, it could be one of those, it could be one of those weeks, right guys, where you just got to be super mentally tough and it's not about making birdies. It's about grinding out disgusting, ugly pars. And I think Brooks Kepka is that type of guy as well. Uh, I'm going to go Brooks Kepka here. Hopefully one of us hits the outright. If you want to follow Brett on Twitter at Brett Colson, if you want to follow Steven at Steven Andrus one, you want to follow me at Matt Brown M two, of course, head over to the lines.com one. You will find a big red button that says YouTube. Click on that. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and take in all of the written content that we have going 
over there this week. Uh, we're real big into golf. We're real big golf betters. And so we have a ton of content. Hopefully we break down something. Hopefully you find something in our content that can help lead you to a winner this week. Regardless, enjoy the golf. It's going to be a super awesome uh, competition out there at a course that is absolutely gorgeous. And so uh, we're all winners in the long run here, fellas. For Steven, for Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.